when the Beatles came along in 64, February 1964, it just totally, I said, this is what I want to do. I want to become a Beatle. Welcome to Something Will Happen, a podcast about the largest Beatles music festival in the U.S., Abbey Road on the River, celebrating our 20th anniversary, May 26th to 30th, 2022. I'm Melissa, one of the organizers of Abbey Road on the River, and I'll be on the air every week to talk about all things Abbey Road on the River, held every Memorial Day weekend in Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from the Derby City, Louisville, Kentucky. I'll be interviewing your favorite Abbey Road on the River bands and staff to unveil new plans for the upcoming festival, talk about how influential the Beatles are, and hear insider stories about the festival and music you love. You'll even learn what happens behind the scenes at Abbey Road on the River from those who know it best, from managing hundreds of bands to managing Mother Nature, and sometimes that can be really interesting. Whether you're new to Abbey Road on the River or you're a festival regular, if you love the Beatles as much as we do and you're looking for a comfortable, family-friendly music festival, you're in the right place. This is Something Will Happen. Something Will Happen. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Something Will Happen. That's the name of our podcast all about the Beatles music festival, Abbey Road on the River. Um, So this is one of our first episodes, so we thought we would talk to a musician who's been coming since one of the first Abbey Roads on the River. We'll find out about that in this interview coming up. Um, We'll hear the story about how he got involved with Abbey Road, how he was influenced by the Beatles, started playing music, and what shows and things he's planning to bring to next year's festival. This next guest has been called the world's best Beatles solo act, mastering and performing all 214 Beatles songs in their original keys. And in fact, he performed them all in a row, setting a world record in 2004 by performing every recorded Beatles song in a nonstop medley. He is in Abbey Road on the River Hall of Fame and the International Beatle Week Beatles Hall of Fame and the Nova Scotia Country Music Hall of Fame. Even his musicianship has fooled many people into thinking they're hearing what seems to be more than one guitar, only to find out that his knowledge and style on his instrument is at an outstanding level with no computer gimmicks or pre-recorded tracks at all. He's performed concerts for casinos, festivals, theaters, cruises, and private events all over the world. He's recorded over 15 albums, has earned more than a dozen regional, national, and international rewards. He's so versatile that I heard he even built his own home with his bare hands. So I'm going to introduce to you our first guest, Mr. Hal Bruce. (laughs) So Hal, if that wasn't an introduction (laughs) that you were expecting. I say that's the best one I ever had. (laughs) Well, I took took all this stuff from your website and stuff that we already knew, but I wanted to know, we'll get into the music discussion, but is it true that you built your house with your own own two hands? Well, the short version of the story is uh, I always wanted a log home, but I didn't know much about building one from scratch from the trees and then barking them all down and cutting them. So I went to a uh, prefab log home place uh, where they, they sell uh, packages. And uh, so it is, it is a package. And I thought okay. it was going to be a lot easier to build than it was because there still is a lot of chinking and there's a lot of cutting and stuff like that but the logs were already pre-made but uh, it took seven months straight every day when I wasn't on the road my two friends who are really really good carpenters 
they took charge. And then when I came back, uh, I, I jumped in and got my hands wet. So or feet wet or whatever. Hands dirty, <laughs> hands dirty feet wet. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, that's incredible. So I just wanted to know how you've been since COVID and what maybe it was like having to miss two years of Abbey Road after coming for so many years. Yeah. Well, they're going to see a much older person next time I go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't aged a day. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, dear. But uh, thank you. But um, it, it's been times it's been really difficult because, as an example, if you don't sing every day uh, during this COVID thing, your voice is not, it, it's like a muscle and you have to use it all the time. And I'm not somebody who sits around the house and sings all day. I like singing, but uh, I really like to play. So I'll, I'll keep my chops up on the guitar. And it, it's been hard vocally, but my gigs are coming back and the voice is coming back. So everything seems to be on a, on a steady, steady climb. The positive side of the COVID is I got a lot of yard work done. <laughs> built rock walls and I built a few, I built a cabin, a two-story cabin out back and I built it building a shed now. So the things I, I'm doing that I would never have done if I was still on the road. But the biggest thing that I think uh, is that I got more family time and I learned a lot more songs on the guitar. I've taken time and learned some songs that I probably would never have learned. So it's been really good that way. So I've learned a lot of, a lot of material. I can't wait to get out and play festivals like yours. And, uh, you know, over in Europe, I'm playing there in May. COVID thing doesn't take another spike. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I'm not surprised that you built um, a shed or a, another cabin <laughs> in your free time. How many songs do you think you know at this point? You said you learned more songs, but I feel like you already know like so many songs just off the top of your head right now. <laughs> well, there's songs that I don't know that I probably do know, meaning that it, I've never played them before, but a lot of the time I can take a song from the 60s that I've never played. And if it's reasonably, if it doesn't have a lot of jazz chords in it or, or those kind of chords, strange chords, I can usually get through on the first or second try on the guitar. What I hate doing is learning lyrics. I hate, hate, hate it. But when I got it, it's like, man, I can't, you can't stop me then. You know, I'll sit down in the house and I'll sing it all day long just so I can get the, the feeling of, because you sing yourself, you got to get into the, the tone of the, the feeling of the songs and that kind of thing, grow into it. So once I've got those, it's it's really good. Then I move on to the next song and then the next song. So probably in answer to your question, I've probably got about maybe 1500 songs and I don't use a tablet. I don't, I only use it for writing out charts so that if I go back, I can refer to them or lyrics. So I, I take that with me all the time, but when I'm on stage, I go by memory. Yeah, so my that's wife, amazing. Well, my wife says, I got you figured out. She says, I know for a fact that 98% of your brain is music and the other 2% is everything else. <laughs> <laughs> you just it's filled not, it up with all the songs. Not far off. So there's quite a few songs in it. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like so I've heard you be referred to as like the human jukebox, like because people can just request whatever they want and then you're like, oh yeah, I know that. Or I'll like figure it out by just what I know in my head. I think I'm a good faker. I've learned to fake things. <laughs> <laughs> or you're that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, talk about your, like, you've been playing for over 40 years. How did you get started playing music? Well, actually, it's been over 55 years now. Is it? <laughs> uh, 
but, uh, but thank you. <laughs> when I was a kid, Elvis was a big thing and Buddy Holly, this is before Buddy Holly died in 59. I remember I was just a little kid and I, this new rock and roll and Bill Haley and the Comets and Chuck Berry and people like that, Fats Domino, they all blew my mind, but I mean, Elvis was it. But when the Beatles came along in 64, February 9th, 64, it just totally, I said, this is what I want to do. I want to become a Beatle. I was, I think I was, I was 11 years old. I thought, man, there's still time for me to kind of learn a bunch of songs, right? I only knew two chords. I didn't even know what a chord was. So like I say, when they came along, that was, that was it for me. And, but just before that, I lived with my grandmother for two years because my parents split up. My mom ran off with her boyfriend. And uh, so I was, I lived with my grandmother in Prince Edward Island, the next province to us for two years. She was really musical. So she played the upright piano and she had long fingernails. And when she go clinkety clonk on the piano, it just, it, man, it was magical. So I thought, man, I, this music thing is really, really getting to me. It's, you know, getting inside of me. So like I say, once the Beatles came along, that was pretty much it. Formed my first band, or I joined my first band when I was 13. And we played for an all-girls Saturday afternoon. They called it a sock hop, where everybody took their shoes off and they danced on the, the basement floor of this church hall in their socks. So it was a sock hop. And it was all girls. And I was really, really shy. I was terribly shy. But there's all these girls that came in and they each paid a dime, 10 cents, to come in. And our little five-piece band played through one guitar amplifier and the microphone was plugged in. It was distorted. We thought we were rocking. So the end of the afternoon, we split $9 because there was 90 girls that showed up. $9. So I think it was like $1.75 each we got. I thought we played for this many girls and I got $1.75. This is a good job. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just stuck with it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. I feel like I got into the Beatles when I was around 12 too, which I, you know, in the nineties or a little later than that, but I feel like there's something about that age that just like you connect with something that sticks with you for the rest of your life, whether it's music or whatever else, but it's so interesting that so many people were influenced when the Beatles came out at that younger age and the people who were like, you know, 16 or a little older, we're like, oh yeah, the Beatles are great, but not fanatics. Other people well, did are. You, did you have parents who played that kind of music on the stereo or whatever? Yeah, we would, my mom had like a tape of the, I think it was that blue compilation album that we would listen to a lot. And then I got into her records a, a little after that, but yeah, it was definitely like 10 like driving me to school and she would have the Beatles all these different rec like tapes in the cassette deck in the car and that's kind of how that was my first knowledge of the Beatles yeah I find that people around that age say from 8 to 17 or 18 that's where your musical influence is whatever you're listening to mm -hmm. like my son he's 42 and he grew up with Nirvana Collective Soul I didn't care for the stuff at the time. This is the nineties. And in the nineties, I was playing country at the time. It wasn't straight old fashioned country. It was the new country. And we toured and toured and did this and did that. It did a bunch of albums and stuff, but he was listening to this stuff. And I didn't like it at all, but then I grew into it. He got me to listen to it. You know, I play a little bit of collective soul and uh, 
Nirvana and that kind of stuff, just along with him. He's my drummer when, when I need another musician. He's a really good drummer. So this New Year's, he's playing with me and we're, it's sold out. So we both can't wait to get back doing it. But like I was saying, the age where you're influenced the most, I think, is like pre-teens up to 17 and 18. After that, you're pretty well set into what you, the style that you really, really like, even though you might have a wide scope, but you're still at that pocket of music that you're kind of influenced by. And mine yeah. was the beat. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I was not into any new bands like in the nineties or early two thousands. And I was, and now I'm like, kind of more like, Oh, well that's actually pretty good. And now <laughs> I look back and I'm like, Oh, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but you know, it's cool to see how all music is influenced by everything else. Um, so yeah, obviously the Beatles were such a big influence on you. I wonder how you heard about Abbey Road and got involved with the festival. Well, it, it, the festival started in 2002. I didn't know a thing about it. And at that point, I'd been playing Liverpool for two years before that. I started there in 2000. So the deal was almost the same as was with Abbey Road. And what happened with me is just to set it up a little bit. When they finally agreed to have me come over to Liverpool to play as a soloist, because they didn't usually hire soloists unless you were a resident and you had proven yourself. And even those guys, a lot of them didn't, didn't really last too long. So I'd been bugging them and bugging them for about a year before that, you know, in 1999, I heard about it. So I called and it, it cost a fortune just to call up and uh, talk to the organizer, Bill Heckle. So I heckled him. <laughs> Finally, he gave in. He said, look, we got a group that couldn't make it. And he said, uh, they were late getting uh, their passport things filled out or whatever it was. And he said, the group was called the Snails. <laughs> I said, go figure, they, they were late getting their passports. So now he said, we want you to come over. You got seven gigs. But he said, we don't usually hire soloists, but we'll put you in the cavern. I was freaking, you know going to put me in the cavern. I thought they put me, you know, outside the laboratory somewhere, you know, and play for <laughs> Anyway, he said, but this is a condition. You pay for your own flight coming over. We'll put you up at the hotel. No, it wasn't the first year. He didn't even do that. I just went over on my own. And uh, he said, uh, you get on stage. He said, you play all Beatles. And he said, if we don't like you after the first song, you're off the stage. You go back home. I said, you got a deal. So, when I did play, I was really, really nervous, of course. So I thought I'd play an easy song. So I played Things We Said Today. I remember playing it. And after the song was over, it was like the longest two or three minutes of my life. Uh, the crowd really, really cheered. And I went into the next song. The next song, after a while, I felt really comfortable. So getting to Abbey Road on the River, almost the same thing ha happened because I had heard about the festival about four months before the second festival in 2003. So I found out the, the organizer's name, Gary Jacob, and I got his phone number, called him, told him who I was and told him where I played in England for the last three years at that point, 2002, 2001 and two. He said, yeah, he said, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll give you, we'll give you a, a go at it. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll drive down. I'll pay my own gas. He said, just put me in the, up in the hotel just for the one night or two nights. Just put me up in the hotel. I'll pay for my own gas going down and coming back. So uh, that's basically how we made the deal. And his thing wasn't like, if we don't like you, you're off the stage. But 
he said, well, if we don't like you, we can't have you coming back. But he said, not too many people have done it solo. Anyway, so I did it and the same thing kind of happened. The crowd seemed to like what I was doing. I did more of the acoustic style stuff, but then I broke into more of the electric stuff on the acoustic, you know, revolution on the acoustic and Helter Skelter on the acoustic, you know, it's kind of, you know. So uh, yeah, I've been going almost every year since then. So I think this year coming up will be my 20th, not in, the, in a row, but I think 20th year there. Yeah. So your first year was 03, probably, Which, right? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, your 20th. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. That's great. And I yeah. know you've, you've created so many like big, concerts like you helped out creating the love album concert which is so popular and then all your huge beetle medley shows and everything else do you have like a, a memory of a favorite concert or like something that you're planning to bring for the next festival yeah i i have a few things planned for the next festival but a couple of the memories that i have of abbey road and the river i won't say this is my favorite but this is one that comes to the top mind before I forget I had approached Gary uh, one time to do an unscheduled show because I had been playing with a classical guitarist and me not being classical I can play finger style I can play rock and roll folk and country and that kind of stuff but we put our styles together that worked really well then there's a bass player from Germany and I had my drummer from Canada and a bass player and because uh, we're doing other shows and when I approached Carrie, he said, well, I can't really advertise it. I said, I tell you what, if you allow me, I'll go through the crowd and tell them that we're playing at the Archibald Room in, uh, you know, two hours. Well, it was full. So that was one of the things that uh, I really remember. And we decided to call ourselves unrehearsed and unscheduled. <laughs> that was the name of the band. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But, but the big things that I remember was organizing and, and being the director for the, uh, the Love Show back in, I think, 07, I think was the first year. I stayed on it for about two years and it, it found wings of its own. And I, I told Gary, I said, okay, you guys, everybody's cool. You got a direction that you've got, you got it, you, you know, you planted the seed, it took off and I'm going to do my own thing, you know, with respect, uh, mm -hmm. total respect. And it did find its own wings and they even brought in people from, uh, I think, uh, Cirque du Soleil to help out. They had expanded on the show. So when I took, took it over, there was 30 people that I had to, uh, wow. most of the people. And it was a hard job, but it was, a, I, I really liked it. But I couldn't wait to get back to my, what I, what I really liked doing. I like playing on my own and I like jamming with the boys and gals. And yeah, I really liked doing that. I did a show called the Summer of Love Show. That was a big one mm -hmm. for us. Organized a band as well, put that together. I think it was in 08, in 08, 09 or something like that. And we had a huge crowd for that. There's shows like that that I really, really like doing. Yeah, yeah. That I would think that would be 08 because that would have been like 40 years since Summer Love was 68, right? And I feel like we always do the anniversary years. 67, yeah. 67, okay, yeah. We did it in 67 and 68. So I think I did the Love Show and the Summer of Love, I think the same year. I'm oh, wow. sure I, it was really, really busy. So I don't I think so. It's a hard job being a musical director. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. It, it has its perks, but it, it uh, yeah, I lost a few hairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So what are you planning to bring next year in May? Well, uh, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I've been trying this out with audiences around here and I've, I don't know if the, I do this on the main stage or not, but what I was going to do is do riffs of very famous songs from the sixties and seventies, not just Beatles, but it includes the Beatles and the crowd gets the yell up. As soon as I finish the riff, the riff yell up the name of the song. I dive into the next song boom, for an hour. It's going to be almost like a medley, but the crowd gets involved. And one of the ideas that I had was to have maybe four to six people, guys and gals, whatever, come up to the front. And they're the ones that get to yell up the song. So if I go, you know, they would get to. Day uh, tripper. Day tripper, right? right? Or you just, you know, hard days, night. So stuff like that. But another thing I wanted to do is, uh, do a set that uh, I, I would call it Beatles versus Stones because I've got a pile of Stone songs that I could do. And then I would do, you know, I do a Beatles song and a Stone song, not necessarily the same style because their styles were different, but something in the same, like a, an up-tempo song by the Beatles and then an up-tempo song by uh, the Stones, you know, I could do stuff like, you know, Jump a Jack Flash do the whole song, then I go into another song. Uh, back in the USSR, just do those songs and see how similar, but yet how different they are too. So that's one of the, that's another one that I wanted to. Wanted to yeah, do. I love that idea. And kind of compare and contrast the two bands. Yeah. And there's another one that I wanted to do is uh, of the seventies is I wanted to do a, an Eagles versus Fleetwood Mac. And I do them both, you know, a lot of Fleetwood Mac stuff and uh, the Eagles, two different styles of music, but they're both like super popular, you know. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. That'd be great. We always thought about bringing in a Fleetwood Mac tribute, but I don't think we we have yet. But because they are super popular. I know I love them. Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, right now I got about 15 songs that I, you know, can do. But I, if, if, if I decide to do that kind of thing, I'll just take another 10 songs and put them into the set because there's some really, really good stuff that they've got. Yeah, exactly. And we love to like highlight the, I mean, not just the Beatles songs, which we love, but then the, also yeah. the 70s music and other bands that they may have influenced and just everyone loves. <laughs> yeah. Well, I find since uh, 2003, when I started going there, where it was all Beatles, pretty much all Beatles. Mm-hmm. And became Beatles and then the solo years and uh, now it seems to be growing where a lot of good music as long as it's good good music it's accepted so if it's in good taste why not you know yeah and the crowd exactly. likes it too we all love Beatles I mean that's why we're there uh, my favorite group of all time I mean I, I just memorized every lick that they did and uh, still learning stuff but uh, there's so many other really really good bands like like Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles and even the gal bands, you know, Linda Ronstadt and uh, Joni Mitchell and all these people, you know, they're, they're just great, great stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I try to cover as much as I can. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we love to have you at the festival where yeah. I'm super excited that you're going to be, you're going to be back. We missed you after this year, 2021 and 2020, <laughs> We're both very odd years. So this would be great. Yeah, I, I really missed it. And I know Linda, I nearly came to the last one and I was signed up for it. Right. 
but Gary had said, if you find that at the, it's a little risky, it gets a little bit like where the numbers are up, the COVID numbers are up and, and in my neck of the woods, this kind of thing, it's not so bad, but traveling, yeah, it's a little dicey. So I had to call up and Lynn was gonna stay home because uh, she said that if she goes down there, she'll be in the crowd and it's maybe not the safest, but it, it was really, we heard it was really, really safe, but we didn't know how safe it was gonna be. So we found it afterwards that everybody, you know, was really, really good, very respectful and that kind of thing. But I was going to go down on my own and, and do my sets. And uh, but I really missed it. I had to pull the plug. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely understandable. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Well, thank you for having me. I, I, I'm glad to talk to you and say hi to everybody for me. And can't wait for the end of May. Right. End of May. Yeah. We're only a few months away. Well, five months. I don't know. Feels like it's coming up again. Yeah, I can't wait, really. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Something Will Happen. Remember that Abbey Road on the River is happening May 26th to 30th, 2022 in Jeffersonville, Indiana. To start making your plans, head over to AROTR.com. There you can see the full lineup of bands that are coming, check out shows we're planning, Book your hotels and grab your tickets while you're there. Head over to arotr.com slash podcast and enter your email to get $5 of Beetle Bucks to use at the festival for food, drinks, and our exclusive festival merchandise. For the most up-to-date information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll see you in May. Something will happen.